0: Welcome to the Wrestler of Faith audio podcast. Your name is...
1: Rick Davis. Your name is... Michael
0: Davis. And today on the Wrestler of Faith podcast, we are going to talk about the night the line was crossed. We're going to do a little bit of old school wrestling and talk about some new school situations in the world of our faith and denomination... And the night that the line was crossed, ECW, Big Rick, I want you, you you may know this, I don't know if you do or not, but I want you to propose, to, uh, to guesstimate, what was the night the line was crossed?
1: I would assume it's like maybe when they debuted, because I do a lot of like, the crowd gets involved a lot or like people being thrown into the crowd and the crowd throwing stuff in or it could have been just like a really bloody violent thing
0: okay very fair explain to me as much as you know about ECW
1: ECW uh it it was it used to be East Championship Wrestling and
0: Eastern then... welcome to Eastern Championship Wrestling I'm your host Joey Styles and for the next hour you will see the stars of the NWA Yes, Eastern yeah. Championship Wrestling.
1: And then Paul
0: Heyman. Got- okay, okay, hang on. Let's don't get to Paulie. Okay. We need to have the whole history of ECW before we get to what we're going to talk about. Once upon a time, there was a man named Tom Gordon, and Tom Gordon opened a promotion called Eastern Championship Wrestling. He brought up Eddie Gilbert, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, who had a history of Memphis wrestling He wanted to create a league much like what was existing with Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis. And a lot of the angles and stuff in the very, very early years of ECW was... uh, It it was very reminiscent of Memphis wrestling. Uh, uh, Eddie Gilbert was the king and everything. So very early years, it was... uh, Reminiscent of Tom Gordon The owner, operator And Eddie Gilbert As the booker and matchmaker uh, Making a, a new era, era Of professional wrestling And then After some time uh, Some changes were made And they brought in
1: Paul Heyman Paul E
0: Paul E Dangerously Paul Heyman Let's talk about Paul Heyman What, 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 what did he do with Eastern Championship Wrestling,
1: he did he change it to Extreme Championship Wrestling when he got involved?
0: Yes. 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 Well, he was he was a part of Eastern Championship Wrestling for a little bit of time. Uh, Shane Douglas, the reigning, defending uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, uh, uh, was there, and Paulie dangerously started thinking about how to revolutionize professional wrestling. How was professional wrestling pre-ECW pre-attitude era?
1: It was very much characters. Like wh- like a cartoon, you know, like you're watching a real life cartoon. You could definitely tell who was the bad guy and who was the good guy. And they were very much a lot of character gimmicks like um like the Gobbly Gooker was very much
0: like like uh, the Red Rooster,
1: Red Rooster <laughs> um uh what's the clown?
0: Doink the Clown. Doink the Clown. Absolutely.
1: Hulk Hogan was very much uh, a whole character.
0: Uh, the Iron on. Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, yeah. the nationalism characters existed. Absolutely. And even, I, and but there was a difference. There was a cartoon like WWF, but the NWA was a more realistic wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, promos, uh, the matchmaking, there was no skits. It was all, everything was done through interviews and in the ring. But that started to phase out because in the in the '90s, when Paul E. moved over to uh, uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling, WCW started to have cartoon gimmicks like the the Ding Dongs, PN News, uh, Heavy Metal Van Hammer, Johnny Be Bad, even the NWA morphing into World Championship Wrestling had the cartoon gimmicks, so there was a there was this push to revitalize wrestling so eastern championship wrestling made an agreement with the national wrestling alliance and there was one night that the national wrestling alliance held a tournament to claim to proclaim a new nwa world heavyweight champion and the talent that they used for that one night tournament was the roster of Eastern Championship Wrestling. Okay, so as much as you know about the history of professional wrestling, Big Rick, and I just talked to you about the the tournament for the NWA World Heavyweight title, do you know now what happened the night the line was crossed? Yeah, I know you've seen the videos and everything. I know you have.
1: I think I do. Um... Was there no finish? I
0: don't... There was a clean, finish. a
1: clean finish. Clear finish.
0: There was a clear and recognized new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. All right, there was that they made an agreement with the NWA, Paul E. Dangerously, Paul Heyman, as the new booker of Eastern Championship Wrestling, made an agreement that they would recognize the NWA title as their official title if they held the tournament in Philadelphia... In the the 2300 Arena. So the final match of that tournament was a matchup between Flash Funk, Two Cold Scorpio, and Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas wins the NWA World Heavyweight title. And do you know what happened? I know you know.
1: I can't think about it. Did he spray paint it or something?
0: I can't. He didn't. Here's what happened. This and this is what's known as the night the line was crossed. Shane Douglas takes the NWA World Heavyweight Title, a title that symbolizes the history of pure professional wrestling, uh, of professional wrestling. Yeah, you know, and Shane Douglas grabs the belt and he's happy that he won the tournament, and he holds the belt up in the air and he says, "In the honor of Dusty Rhodes." In the honor of Luthes, in the honor of Terry Funk, in the honor of Dory Funk. Does he
1: step on it?
0: And he- the you're getting closer. You're getting <laughs> really right, close. Lady, he on it? yes, yes. That is exactly what happened. In the honor of Kerry Von Erich, in the honor of Ricky Steamboat. I tonight refuse to take a banner of a dead organization and he throws the NWA World Heavyweight title belt in the trash and picks up the Eastern Championship Wrestling title and proclaims it, the new Extreme Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight title. The only two people, the only two people that knew what Shane Douglas was going to do was Shane Douglas and Paul Heyman. The NWA sued Tom Gordon. They sued Polly Dangerously. They sued Shane Douglas over everything they did. And they immediately separated from ECW. And ECW became its own promotion. On that night, that Shane Douglas picked up the emblem of professional wrestling history, the pure history of professional wrestling, and threw it in the trash. That's very important right now for the conversation that we're going to have on the Wrestler of Faith audio podcast. And there is a lot of things. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm burying the lead a little bit further because I want to talk about what Shane Douglas did a little bit more. Uh, Can you talk to talk to me? And I know you can share a little bit about this. Talk to me about the history of the NWA.
1: The NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. It was it wasn't like a one territory thing. It was an alliance very much between
0: alliance of yeah
1: between all the like a bunch of different wrestling territories except for New York. And New York territories
0: throughout the world. Throughout the world, yeah, it, it, it territories throughout the world, except for Capital City Wrestling, that became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation when Capital City Wrestling pulled itself out of the NWA and became the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Uh, that's, when the, that's when the McMahons pulled out of the NWA. And it just, do you know why that the McMahons pulled out of the NWA?
1: Because they wanted creative control over what they were doing?
0: Uh, absolutely, yes. And they would have still had that as a territory of the NWA. They wanted their guy to be the World Heavyweight Champion. And their guy in this time period was Bruno San Martino. And Bruno San Martino was already injured and hurt by just keeping the the schedule of the WWWF. And Bruno San Martino did not want to keep the schedule of the NWA that would have had him all over the world literally wrestling 365 days a year and twice on Sundays. So, What's 365 plus another 52? It's like 400 and... 417. 417. 365 plus plus 52.
1: 417.
0: Yes. 417 dates a year. Wow. Bruno did not want to keep up that schedule. And that's why the... That's why the McMahons pulled out of the NWA. They made Bruno their world heavyweight champion. And but they still had a functioning relationship with the NWA. Vince Sr. was still on the board of directors of the National Wrestling Alliance. And as late as still having a vote for the first title reign of the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Wow. So he was still the McMahons were a part of the NWA for many years even after the boost of Hulkamania but but anyway that that the NWA world heavyweight title was was a world heavyweight title and it encompassed the history of every territory every territory had its territorial champion like uh, Memphis had the king Uh, the world class had the Von Erics um uh, Florida had the Grams and the Briscoes and uh, had um, the Funks at different times hold their belt. Uh, the, just all over, that every territorial champion. I mean, the Pacific Northwest had uh, Buddy Rose and Roddy Piper and uh, Jimmy Snuka, all is their champions, right? So they moved around. I mean, even the Mid-Atlantic, the Mid-Atlantic heavyweight title that held by Roddy Piper, held by Sergeant Slaughter, held by Rick Steamboat. I mean, all these people, they all had their territorial champions, but the title that mattered and the one true world title was the NWA world heavyweight title that was the one it set out and it was the true encompassing history of more places than just the northeast so that's how important the NWA title so if Shane Douglas throws the NWA title in the trash because and in his words his words are very important to me I refuse to carry the banner of a promotion that died 10 years ago what what does that what does that say when Shane Douglas does something like that? Um,
1: it's I was, I want to say it's very much like the new generation taking control type situation. Like uh-huh. this stuff is old; it's out of date.
0: It's old. It's out of date.
1: It's not very much what people are looking towards now.
0: It's not what people are looking for anymore um you're you're hitting some home runs you're leading right into where i'm going uh,
1: i'm I'm thinking what's another one I'm trying to think new generation
0: oh. here I'm gonna use a word and you know okay. where I'm going it It was becoming an image of a more progressive movement that wanted okay. to try new things and not be stuck in the in the cultural history of what wrestling was mm-hmm. but wanted to progress and move forward to what wrestling should be. Okay. And what did ECW do?
1: It definitely broke molds. It was definitely outside the box, not what you expect.
0: It brought a lot of people's growing
1: up in NWA time.
0: It brought a lot of people's focus back to professional wrestling. Yeah. It brought it brought people's focus back that didn't like the cartoon uh, the imagery of what was the WWF and it, it pulled away from the, what was becoming WCW and it sparked a movement. There is a direct correlation, point A to point B, of the existence of ECW and what became the Attitude Era. Let's talk about some of the people that helped change professional wrestling because of the night the line was crossed. What about there was this guy that came into ECW from WCW and his name was the superstar Steve Austin and that this was from uh, Steve Austin being stunning Steve Austin for so many years in NWA and Texas and WCW and his stuff that he did in ECW was the prototype of what would become stone cold Steve Austin who else pops up there that holds this like an amazing pivotal point in the attitude era
1: the dudleys
0: The Dudleys exist in ECW, and they are a crucial part of the WWE's Attitude Era shift with the, bringing in the more hardcore style of wrestling matches and so forth. There's another guy that defects from WCW and goes to ECW and ends up in WWE that does some of the more controversial, eye-catching things of the Attitude Era. And it's this, uh, this guy known as flying Brian Pillman flying Brian Pillman in WCW was a baby face but Brian Pillman in ECW becomes the loose cannon that fuels the Attitude Era that wins the Monday Night Wars there's so much that happened because one day Shane Douglas looked at the emblem, the image of history and said, I refuse to take the torch of a company that died R.I.P. seven years ago I know I said ten before seven years ago so today today was officially released the results of the judiciary review of the one church plan today. The bishops, the review board, looked over the uh, contents of what has caused a lot of stress and a lot of frustration in the denomination that I serve in. And the results came in and they found a way to separate small portions of the plan that were found non-constitutional to make the to make the traditionalist plan constitutional. The things they did not take out are the things that have been the most divisive in our denomination. The things they did not take out was stricter penalties for anybody that professes to be a member of LGTBQIA+, and ministerial leadership. The words that they did not find unconstitutional and did not remove was the wordage that restricted pastors from performing same-sex marriages. The things that they did not remove and they actually uh, uh, made uh, strengthened the restrictions of was... The language that, that says that a pastor, even if a pastor professes to be LGBTQIA and is not a part of a, a relationship, is still to be found guilty and to brought to, uh, to trial over, uh, over ordination. The things that were not taken out was that multiple uh, times that people can continue to be brought up on charges. What was not removed was the idea that uh, if charges are brought up, they have to be followed through. Uh, uh, Charges can't be brought up and then... uh, come to an applicable agreement uh, that of what to do without going to uh, judicial review for the removal of ordination. All of those things still exist even after they altered the traditionalist plan to uh, make it constitutional. Right now, in my life, I want to hold the Book of Discipline just like Shane Douglas held up the NWA World Heavyweight title. And I want to throw the Book of Discipline in the garbage. Because there has to be, finally, something that opens the doors that gets the exclusion out of the way and makes it possible for anyone to come in and feel welcomed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I know on the Wrestler of Faith podcast, I've been been talking a lot about how that people need to change when they are introduced to Christ. I've talked a lot about how that when a person finds Christ, they become a new creation and there's parts of their identity that they had before they met Christ that needs to change because Christ's love should be transforming and it should renew and it should radically change a person's life in in such a way that they become a new person. But there is no humanly possible way to get someone to come into the sanctuary to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ if they also hear that they are not welcome there. And that's where I'm at right now. Yes, I'm the one that has used conservative language that's talked about the necessity of being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ into a new creation. But you cannot get a person to listen to the reality of God's love if you tell them they are not welcome. And that was what was said today so what happened with ECW ECW defected from the NWA, huh and which one lasted longer
1: ECW
0: ECW existed in a short time period that there was no true NWA now listen, I love Dave Marquez, I love Adam Pearce, I love Colt Cabana and Dave Marquez kept the NWA alive at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And he did everything right. And finally, because of Dave Marquez's persistent work, the NWA exists again. The NWA title matters again because of people like Dave Marquez, because of people like Cole Cabana, because of people like Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. All these people who carried the NWA uh, Blue Demon Jr., all these people that carried the NWA title during dark times and made it matter again. I right now feel that as a faith leader, I need to be the Adam Pierce of the United Methodist Church. There is so much about Methodism. That I enjoy, I cherish, I love, I'll defend, I'll hold, I'll carry what I respect and love as a book of discipline so that people can still hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just sometimes you need to do it in a different way. And there's a lot that exists right now in different strategies that will make that possible for churches to do. But today, I am very disheartened, Rick. I needed to share this information with you so that you could kind of understand it. Because you know what? If I'm going to be the Adam Pierce, you right now are going to become a delegate to annual conference. Uh, that vote's going to happen soon. That you can become a, not just like a church representative, but representing the whole district of going to annual conference you are becoming that person. You're becoming a person that's active and moving. And to be real honest, I was about to call you Colt Cabana. But if anything, maybe I'm like Dave Marquez and you're Adam Pierce. you know, and they're the, we're going to become the ones that defend and fight for and work hard for what the image of our denomination should be. So that we can make the changes that will help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone that has been created by God. And by the way, the last time I checked, everyone was created by God. So that's what's happening. Right now I want to be Shane Douglas and I want to show throw the emblem of history into the trash... But what I want you to take from this, Rick, is I want us to be Dave Marquez. I want us to be Adam Pierce. I want us to be Colt Cabana. I want us to be uh, Blue Demon Jr. And I want us to carry what we respect as the history of our denomination and make it, Possible for other people to find their connection to that history and find their place in that history and make that make this matter again, because you know what matters again—the NWA. Thankfully, because of Marquez, of of Billy, of William Corrigan, excuse me, William Corrigan, because of Nick Aldis, because of Cody Rhodes. Because of our our guy, our our man Willie Mack, our guy, because of Jazz holding the NWA Women's title, all of these people are pivotal players right now, making the NWA matter again because of Marty Scurll. All of these people are pivotal players right now, defending what they respect about the history and making that history matter again. That is our challenge and our goal. We won't be Shane Douglas. We will not throw history away. But what we will be is the ones that defend what matters about that history so that it never goes away and it still has the opportunity to truly impact the lives of other people. That was the Wrestler of Faith podcast for this week. Your name is
1: rick davis your name is
0: michael davis have a week